What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's all about waiting, and then something happens. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. USA. USA. <laughs> I'm your host. This is not going to get that reference. No, no. She hasn't <laughs> seen that movie. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Dicer. And just because I'm his elder doesn't mean he hasn't taught me a few things. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She's a mystery, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's Susan Kamyab Stevens. Thanks for having me. It is so good to have you back, Susan. Um, <laughs> we are, how are things? How have things been? It's been a hot second since we've had you on the show. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, surprisingly, even with like you know the pandemic calmed down and then it came back but movies are still happening so Mm -hmm. it's been nice that we can still see stuff it's it was nice to watch some the marvel films in theaters i did do that we watched Mm -hmm. uh black widow and shang chi yeah how'd you how'd you feel about shang chi since since we're talking about it it. yeah yeah I I, i liked it a lot i thought it was pretty good yeah, it's, and it's growing on me too. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I really want to see it again. I'm excited. I think you they already an- loved it. Yeah, and I already really, really loved it. Um, I, yeah. I think they announced a pretty short window before it's going to be on Disney Plus. So I'm excited to, you know, to be able to check it out more here um, um, pretty soon. But, but yeah, it is absolutely great to have you back. Uh, Susan is in Dallas, Texas area, uh, mm-hmm. where you are a movie yeah. critic. Um, where, where can people find you? Like, if they. 
you know, kind of want to find some of your stuff. I forget the channel you're on. I don't have it written down this time. So. Oh, that's all right. I mean, it's, the easiest way is honestly just go to thischicksflicks.com. That's my website, and I post all my reviews and uh, interviews there. But uh, also, ictn.tv, that's the station I work for. It's uh, based out of Irving, Texas. So there's that. Or um, I always say people can just Google me, but I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all nice. of that, too. Nice. Well, mm-hmm. we're excited to talk with you about a couple movies. We already kind of hinted at you haven't seen one of them, The Card Counter. You did not yeah. get a chance to see The Card Counter. I do want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Andrew and I will have that conversation. You are invited to be part of that conversation because a lot of times when we have somebody on who hasn't seen one of the movies, they can kind of ask questions that the audience yeah. might be asking, you know, mm-hmm. um, that might want to know. So uh, you can certainly do that. But then we're also going to talk about the movie Kate, which you did see uh, on did. Netflix. Um, so we're going to talk about those two and then we're going to do our best ever challenge on best ever movies featuring gambling, uh, best ever gambling movies. Uh, and then of course a buried treasure and all the fun we have along the way. Uh, no reason to wait for it. Let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about Kate. Kate, what happened to you? I missed. I think I was poisoned before the hit. V, who was the target? Grand honcho of the Yakuza. How much time do I have? 14 hours, maybe 15. (laughs) Kate, it's gonna be okay. You won't get any more questions from me after today. After she's irreversibly poisoned, a ruthless criminal operative has less than 24 hours to exact revenge on her enemies and in the process forms an unexpected bond with the daughter of one of her past victims uh this is mary elizabeth winstead uh kind of being the central role as kate and woody harrelson uh joining as the mentor in this movie um this is falling into what is becoming a very long line of female-led action movies this year um i was just thinking of how many uh we're seeing which i love what did you guys think did you uh love this movie like it dislike it hate it or it was just okay uh, Susan, let's go to you first. Um, I hated it. All right. Yeah. I love the passion. Let's one of get the, it. <laughs> one, one of the worst movies I've seen this year. Uh, it was so bad. I honestly, it was a struggle to get through. And I'm glad we're talking about it today because it is going to be just flushed out of my mind in the next <laughs> couple of weeks. Like it's nothing about this is memorable. Uh, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but my God, what a poor choice. Like, Woody Harrelson, like, what did they pay you for this? Like, it was so bad. All right. I love the passion. Um, <laughs> firmly in the hated it camp. Uh, Andrew, what about no. you? Like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Well, coming from that, I think my just okay re- uh, <laughs> uh, thing, this is going to seem like a, a glowing recommendation. You know? <laughs> right? I, I thought, but I thought it was just okay. Wow. Uh, I am on. It wasn't the... great. It wasn't bad for me though. So. Okay. Well, I we're, we'll we'll get into it. Um, I land firmly in the disliked it category. Um, maybe maybe even high side of disliked it, and uh, by our standards, that means closer to it was just okay. Um, so yeah. I almost want. Usually, we start with whoever liked it the most, which in this case seems to be Andrew. But I kind of no, want to start with the passion. No. So <laughs> yeah. let's let's tear it apart, Susan. Like, go into it. What are some of the things you hated about this movie? I just I thought there was absolutely like like it jumps right in, which I have nothing with it 
no, nothing's wrong with jumping right into it, but it jumped so quickly into this, whatever the death and then mm -hmm. diving right into her getting poisoned that I didn't care about any of the characters. I was like, what's this relationship with you and Woody Harrelson? What's this that I get it. You feel bad for, um, killing this girl's father. And it, it just felt like none of the relationships made sense to me. Like, or I just didn't care. They made sense, but I just didn't care about them. And I really could not stand the, the relationship between Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh, the girl that she kidnapped. I just, I, I honestly, I've always had a big pet peeve about the, when someone gets kidnapped and then the person that got kidnapped starts to be like, Oh, you're so awesome. You're either, either they fall in love with that person or they be, they become buddies. I'm Stockholm like, syndrome. Yeah, yeah. The Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. I hate that. Cause I'm like, Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> you kidnapped me. I hate you. Like, I don't want to, I don't think you're cool. I don't, and she thinks there's one line where she's like, Oh, you're so pretty and like awesome. And I was like, how are you admiring her right now? Like get the hell away. I, I wish <laughs> you wouldn't trust anybody. It, it was just, it was, I don't know. It was really cheesy and none of the, I, like I said, I just didn't care about any of the characters at all. Yeah. Yeah. I hear absolutely what you're saying. I think the movie is trying to do something with that relationship. In fact, I think that relationship is supposed to be our central connecting point to the message and themes of the movies of the movie, which to me seems to be about uh, breaking the circle. You know, this idea that there is, um, being uh, used in abuse and being a tool of, I, I think the movie is saying the patriarchy, you know, this idea that they're, uh, that these women are being used as tools to their, you know, to benefit them mm -hmm. um, is definitely what the movie is trying to get at. And so that relationship is supposed to be more of a don't be like me, you know, kind of thing where the movie is saying, okay, someone's got to break the circle and will the yeah. circle be broken? So that's what the movie's trying to do, but you're absolutely right in that the, the connections are so thin and we're never given yeah. any like real reason to believe in these connections uh, that all of that stuff kind of falls flat. Um, so, yeah, I definitely hear what you're what you're saying. Andrew, what are some thoughts from you? Uh, well, the first time I saw Gunpowder Milkshake was, oh, wait, no wrong movie. <laughs> um, well, I'll say this. I like Gunpowder Milkshake so much more than this movie. And it's the same movie pretty much, mm -hmm. you know, the 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 young heroine taking a young victim's mm -hmm. uh, uh, daughter under her wing and not telling them the truth. I'm like, this is the exact same thing as Gunpowder Milkshake. Um, this yeah, this movie. If I had to give it any pros, is the environment, the the Tokyo nighttime, you know, the lights and everything. It's beautiful to look at. Um, mm. There's there's one scene that. I, I know what they were trying to do, but it didn't work yet was still pretty was the, uh, the car chase with like all the swirling lights. It looked like they were trying to do something like out of like a hyper realistic anime or something like that mm -hmm. or something, but it didn't, it didn't mesh at all with the rest of the movie. Um, but yeah, there are parts of it like, or there's a part where they go to a, uh, like this sake dojo, like everything's all white and stuff. I'm like, oh, everything. I, as soon as I saw that place and I saw how it was all white, I'm like, oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of blood splatter in here just to contrast mm -hmm. all the white. Like I knew how they were setting everything up. And they did that throughout the rest of the movie. Like the environments were perfectly suited for whatever stylization of like combat was about to ensue. 
So yeah. predictability was through the roof. Uh, originality was none, but it was fun to look at. Predi- so that's why I'm going with just okay. Predictability was through the roof. Originality was yeah. through the basement. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's true. Hundred percent agree. Uh, I'm going to throw a pro out there. I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead is amazing, um, and I think I can agree with that. I think she does her best to drag this movie along. I think she's good at the action stuff. <laughs> Uh, I think she's definitely good at the acting stuff. I loved her in Birds of Prey as well. I wanted more of her there. Um, I think she's an incredible actor, and uh, I'm excited to see what she does next. She cannot, by her own uh, strength, make this movie good, but she does attempt to to do it well. Um, So I do think Mary Elizabeth Winstead is amazing in this. Uh, uh, Can we call her Mew? M E W Mew 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 Mew. She makes the movie tolerable. Yeah, that's probably the best. Uh, Mew Mew brings the pew pew. That's uh, that <laughs> yeah. should have been the tagline for this uh, for this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I got a weird question because while I was watching this, were there scenes where they were trying to make her look Japanese or hmm. like? It seemed like there were scenes where I was like, okay, yeah, they dyed her hair jet black and like they like I don't know if it was just the makeup or something like but it just didn't look like it looked like they were trying to, you know, make her blend in with like the the Japanese people and I didn't know if it was just a coincidental thing or if it was like a an intentional thing. And it may just be something that I I put in my own head. I don't know. Yeah, I, I will tell you, I didn't pick up on that yeah, at all. Me um, okay. But it certainly can be a transfer thing that happens just with the environment. You know, your, your brain kind of locks those things in. Um, but I did not pick mm-hmm. up on the movie uh, doing that at all. I, what You mentioned the, you know, kind of the, the Tokyo setting being beautiful, and I agree with that. But it's beautiful in the same way, just like watching a 4K video of Tokyo on YouTube is beautiful. Like, it wasn't like yeah. like a creative kind of thing. Um, in the same way that I love some of the music in this. Some of the Japanese pop music that they play in this is really fun. But it would also be fun on a Spotify playlist. It doesn't, like, serve the movie in, like, any real kind of way. So, yeah. so... It just reminded me of a video game most of the time. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about, uh, speaking of video game, I mean, you talk about the action. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's not shot Mm -hmm. terribly. It's not, you know, it's not overcut to death. But I'm bored. I'm just kind of bored with this shoot 'em up. What kind of blood can you splatter? Where can you stick the sword through? Like, it's just, it just seems like we've seen it so much recently. It's kind of the John Wickification of Mm -hmm. movies right now. And I get it, but there's an originality uh, to those John Wick movies with some of the ways they do the action that some of these movies that are trying to be that don't quite get to. Um, and yeah, and, and it's not it's not a gender thing because honestly, Charlize, no. Charlize does like some of the Charlize movies oh, where Atomic she's blonde. Atomic Blonde is incredible. Yeah. Like Atomic Blonde really yeah. gets some of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's just it's weird to see even Gunpowder Milkshake like all these yeah. movies trying to to do this uh this vengeance kind of story and it's it's mm-hmm. not like it's a new thing 
it's been in cinema for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's been it in cinema, the cinema long enough that Kill Bill. <laughs> What's that? It reminds me of Crank. You know, the, oh. you know the, the you know the hero's gonna die because you know like there's a ticking clock on their life and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, the entire movie is about extending that timeline in order for them to get revenge. Yeah, I was just saying. Yeah. The, the vengeance cinema thing has been around long enough that when Quentin made oh, Kill Bill, yeah, you know he was yeah. he was bringing back something from you know way back in his past you know it's definitely been with us for a long time i'm not saying it's new i'm just saying we're kind of seeing a lot of it right now and and if it's not going to be original it's just going to be boring to me uh same same that's the only i mean honestly when john wick did it i would have guessed that that would have been boring but right out the bat you care about john wick and you care when that dog dies and you want him to kill every single person (laughs) yeah i mean there's no better way to get somebody on your side than puppy death yeah Sure. That's what this It'll movie do, is. It'll do it every time. That's 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 the review of this movie from Andrew. Needed more puppy death. Needed <laughs> oh, more puppy death to drive the story. <laughs> no. They'll put that on the poster. That's, that's exa- <laughs> and then you got to put Susan's you know title underneath. Right. It yes. So yes. That'll be Susan's her. pull quote uh, for this yeah. movie. It'll be needed, needed more, more puppy death. death. Susan oh, Kamyab Stevens. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to talk about this movie? Um, before we kind yeah, of move on, I mean, there's, 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 there's plenty of other things we could say, but it really all does come down to a derivativeness that this movie has, mm-hmm. uh, story-wise. Um, the the theme and message is decent. Obviously, it's something you know that can resonate, but the movie doesn't you don't get, kill. The, well, I, I don't think that's it. Uh, this movie is no. <laughs> pretty pro vengeance, uh, it appears, but um, but uh, but at the same time, the movie doesn't give it a chance to really resonate in any way. Uh, that it should. Um, Woody Harrelson is just with, uh, cashing a paycheck yeah. here. He's fine. Oh. He's not, you know, yeah. um, he's spectacular. He's barely making an effort in this film. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. The guy is like, yeah, sure. You want my name? He's the biggest name on, in the film, mm-hmm. so he's like, sure. And oh my god, what so predictable? I, I, I mean, come on, his character yeah. right off the really bat, like you said, it was yeah, yeah, very derivative. I want to broaden with this question because as we know that netflix is dropping a new movie every single week Mm -hmm. are we seeing more quality or i mean are we seeing more quantity over quality here sure with like the scape of netflix this year in particular well there's a there's a reason south park made the joke you know uh when netflix answers the phone they answer it uh this is netflix you're greenlit um (laughs) because they yeah they are just they're throwing their strategy has always been to throw spaghetti at the wall that has always been netflix's digital strategy so yeah yeah. well it makes sense because they realize they can put crappy films and they do well like that princess whatever that did so well that princess christmas princess what you know what i mean and uh they they got three movies after that people never thought that movie would have been super Mm -hmm. and then there was that like that weird a sex movie that 300 something days whatever where he like kidnapped the girl to make her fall in love with him terrible films both bad movies but they became like number one on netflix Mm -hmm. so it just shows that if it's just available to you i mean people are probably gonna watch kate well because why not yeah yeah uh, I think overall, you're not going to hear a recommend from any of us uh, on this one. I mean, even though you probably there are plenty already, of movies like this, but better. Yeah. And even though you already have Netflix, there's no reason for you to fire this one up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fire up something else instead. Um, I think yeah. it'll it'll be more 
it'll be more fun. It'll be more edifying. It'll be a better experience. So um, no need to worry about Kate. Uh, there <laughs> you go. Let's move on to the card counter. All in. You count cards, right? I'm not that smart. But you win. You need someone to stake you. That's what you do. You run a stable. I'm always looking for a good thoroughbred. <laughs> Having been sentenced to 10 years in prison, I learned to count cards. How'd you do that? Poker's all about waiting. Check, raise, re-raise, call. Then something happens. You remember it? This is where all the good stuff happens. William Tell wants to play cards. He's, his Spartan existence on the casino trail is shattered when he is approached by Kirk, a vulnerable and angry young man seeking help to execute his plan for revenge on a military colonel. Tell sees a chance at redemption through his relationship with Kirk, but keeping Kirk on the straight and narrow proves impossible, dragging Tell back into the darkness of his past. Card Counter stars Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish, and Ty Sheridan with a performance by Willem Dafoe in there as well. It's brought to us by Paul Schrader, whose most recent film um, gathered a lot of buzz, and the title just slipped my brain. Um, You're talking about the Ethan Hawke movie? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had it right uh, there, and then it just it flew. You ever have something just fly out of your brain? It's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, first uh, first reform. reform. Thank you. Yeah, first oh, reform. Yeah. yeah. His most recent film, Which, First Reformed. Ethan Hawke carries that movie, and he's the only reason why that movie is good. Well, I have opinion. some good things to say about First Reformed beyond the Ethan Hawke performance, but uh, that is not the movie we're reviewing right now. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about The Card Counter. What did you think, Andrew? Wood? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I'm really close to hating it, but I'm going to go with just oh. I really didn't like it. Wow. Oh, that is unfortunate. I was really hoping you liked this movie because I am firmly in the hated it category. I... I had a oh. terrible experience with this movie. Um, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it, uh, well, oh but here's, it's like ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, yeah, that's what I'm is it really? What yeah, we we are we oh, are wow. definitely in the critical minority on on this one. Um, now, audience, I, we may be in the audience majority on this one. Uh, the audience score is not good, uh, but the the oh. critical score is very good, and I think this is one of those disconnect movies. Where critics find stuff that they fixate on to like and don't really think about the experience of watching a movie like this. Um, mm -hmm. And that is that is what I think is happening here. But that's from my perspective. So, yeah, I'm firmly in the hated at camp uh, on this one. I'm really close. Um, Probably by the end of this conversation. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh I, was, I was really hoping you liked it because I, I wanted somebody on here to tell me you how I'm wrong. Antagonistic no, 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 because I, obviously a lot of people, a lot of critics love this movie. And so, I, you know, I was really I hoping no to. To, to figure figure out what it is that they love. Um, yeah. But anyhow, Andrew, I'm going to let you start. Um, what do you want to talk about first, since we both really didn't like it? This movie doesn't know what it wants to be. Right? It doesn't know if it wants to be a, a gambling movie. It doesn't know if it wants to be a uh, taking somebody under your wing movie. It doesn't know if it wants to be a redemption arc movie. It tries to do so many things, but it doesn't have a conclusive you know foundation for any of them. It, to which point, like half of this movie is him explaining the different variations of gambling, like twenty, like uh, like blackjack and like poker and uh, roulette, and like he's explaining the rules to all these games, and I find myself going, 
but is that what this movie's about? Because we're introduced to this antagonistic Willem Dafoe character. Is he going to be the driving force? Is because what he's talking about has nothing to do with what I think the Ty Sheridan character wants to do or anything like that. It's where I don't know what this movie wants to be. I, I think that's a very valid point. Um, the, I, if I had to render a guess, I think the movie wants to be about redemption. I think Paul Schrader is trying to tell a story as he often does about the complexities and nuances of what it means to do the right thing and what is the right thing. I think that's what he's going for here. I think he completely fails. Uh, and this is this yeah. is from somebody who, again, will defend First Reformed in many, uh, many ways. I thought that movie was uh, doing some interesting things. I don't think this movie yeah. is doing anything interesting. Um, I'm going to start here. The poker in this movie is terrible. Terrible. <laughs> if you're any kind of, like, if you know... Uh, more than most people about poker. You don't even have to be like an expert, but if you know more than most, it's going to ring so false. So much of the tournament stuff rings false. So much of the way yeah. people are playing poker rings yeah. false. They show specific hands as if they understand what's going on, and then people make stupid, stupid decisions, which I'm not saying there aren't yeah. stupid poker players, but at this level and in a movie that's trying yeah. to tell you something, like the poker is terrible in this movie. There, There is a moment where he explains his favorite poker hand that he's ever seen, right? And all It's he, the most mundane average poker hand I've ever heard well, of. Well, nothing happens in that hand other than cards come. Like there's nothing about <laughs> yeah. that hand that's like, it, it's one of those things where it, he's telling a bad beat story, which we've all heard a million bad beat stories. And that just means that a, a card comes that changes things. Well, that's just a card coming out of a deck. What's interesting about that? The stories yeah. that real poker players would tell are about great laydowns or, or yeah, yeah, like strategy in a bet size that was you know, particularly impressive that did a certain thing, not just a card came that gave somebody a straight flush. Like who cares? That's just, I mean, that's happened to us, you and me, I, you, you have beaten me and I have beaten you on a, on a river card, you yeah. know, it's so anyways, there's nothing I, special there. I say that to say, I will fully admit that the poker is so terrible in this movie that that may be part of what I'm holding against the rest of the movie. And that I found everything else inauthentic too, because I found the, the poker so inauthentic. Um, that could be possible. It could be the same thing as like, Andrew, is it you that talks about, you know, somebody watching ER as a nurse and being like, you know, nothing in this. I, there's, is that you? Is that your yeah. story? Um, well, I, I wasn't a nurse, but you know, like I've working in a hospital for like almost like eight years. Like I can watch House or ER or any of those shows, and I know that there is a level of entertainment value. Like uh, the big thing that we always make fun of was defibrillators. You know how defibrillators are never ever used mm -hmm. in TV shows the way. Like, if somebody flatlines, you don't use a defibrillator to bring them back. That's not what it's <laughs> for, you know. It's to, if their heart rhythm is out of sync, it's to, you know, shock it back into rhythm. Mm -hmm. That's what it's for. Yeah. But, uh, so, like, whenever you see that, you're like, yeah, yeah. So, but this is in a different level of ignorance and trying to sound smarter than it really is. And that's well, not just for the poker. I think this entire movie thinks it's smarter than it really I is. I think so. I had that same feeling. Yeah. I, I think you you think you're being brilliant here, but it, uh, it none of it holds no. together. Um, the other thing is, 
I didn't buy any of the characters. I didn't buy any of the relationships. Oscar Isaac is doing his best, but I didn't buy that character. I didn't understand what was motivating him, where he was. I didn't buy him and Tiffany Haddish together at all. Um, Her performance is atrocious. She is really bad. bad It's really bad. And I love Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, I do too. That's really sad. it's it's sad because it's a combination of her acting is bad and her dialogue is bad. And when you put those two together, it just comes off as so bad. Well, uh, her performance, like her mannerisms and her facial expressions don't match what the dialogue is trying to portray. Like you, you can tell because it's pretty basic dialogue what, you know, the dialogue the emotion is trying to emote from the actor. And she doesn't deliver on that. And it's cheesy dialogue. And it's it's just, I really don't. I don't. Unfortunately, really bad. I really don't blame her. Um, I I, yeah. wa- I watched some of this movie and had the thought of how is this the take you chose to put in this movie? You have to have a better take than this. Um, I, I really think a lot of this falls on Schrader. I you know I think he wanted this kind of down kind of thing, and he did not play to her strengths. And mm-hmm. I think she could be amazing in dramatic roles. I really do. Yeah. I, I We've seen way too many comedians who are energetic and like Robin Williams comes to mind. I, I have no doubt yeah. she could pull a Robin Williams and do a Goodwill Hunting. Like, I have no doubt mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish could do that. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think Schrader knew how to can't. use her. I'm just saying this movie is well, just and, not. And it. what I'm saying is you can put some of the blame on her, but I put just as much on the director, the writer. You know, th- there are so many things that go into the performance yeah. you see on on screen. Um, but I agree with you. I didn't buy that performance. I didn't buy them together. Um, I, you know, Ty Sheridan maybe had the best performance in the movie for me, but. And he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> Even, really? he, even he's not anything in the movie. Well, he's he's well, he's his character in it, but is a nothing character. Oh, there's not a lot of there's there's not a lot of understandable progress to the character arc of that character. Um, so it, the the movie tries to do something towards the end that I won't give away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's nothing shown to us that that makes me understand why this character did this, why it changed. Um, or didn't change or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I really, really had a hard time buying into a, a, a lot of this, which made the idea of redemption a hard one to really buy into because I just, I didn't understand um, the movies. I didn't understand the movie's moral center. I don't understand what the movie's perspective is. So I can't compare my yeah. own moral perspective to the moral perspective of this movie because I don't think the movie communicates what it what it believes is right or wrong in any kind of meaningful way. So I think yeah. what this movie is, and just to kind of give a general like idea of what's going on, it's like Willem Dafoe in this movie is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And so is Oscar Isaac, but he's mad at Willem Dafoe because Oscar Isaac was the wolf in sheep's clothing that got caught. And I'm like, you're still bad. Like you're not my hero in this movie. Yeah. Like your overall like re- revenge arc is not something that I'm really on board for because you're not like the person I want to root for. It's and all of this while at the same time trying to be a poker movie. 
It's, Except it's not. It's movie, not trying to be a poker not. movie at it's, all. It, 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 and it, it makes that clear. Too, okay, it spends too much time on poker for it not to try to be a poker movie. Well, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it, it is mind-boggling the amount of explanation and exposition we get about poker and other gambling things for how that's they for how they treat that storyline in the last 20 minutes. Like it's yeah. it's like mind-blowing what they what they do with that setup, which is absolutely nothing. Um, so yeah, man, go watch, go watch, go and see it today. Something else. Uh, I'm just like, seriously, so shocked because I (laughs) I fully expect after seeing the Rotten Tomato score Mm -hmm. and it's funny because when my husband and I watched the trailer, the first thing I thought was like, Ooh, I don't know if this is going to be good. Cause you know, she's got that. I just saw it in the clip that they're doing that ET moment there with their little fingers. I mean, I mean, I mean, listen, I, I wouldn't usually do this uh but that is the last shot of the movie and oh, it, it goes on for and it goes so on for it, like oh, I, at least three minutes it, at least three minutes it it's feels just like fingers. three minutes i'm sure it's like 30 yeah. seconds but it feels like no it's long it's, it's, it's just it's like what are you trying to make me feel right now what is the ending of uh what was that cherry with tom holland yeah. like that yeah. was like one of the worst yeah. endings in film last year but uh yeah i thought so i, I was like oh I, I did not think this was going to be good so when i couldn't make the screening i was like that's probably whatever it looks bad anyways and then i saw all this like high praise and I thought for sure I was about to come in here and you guys were just going to say this was one of the best <laughs> gambling movies ever. Wow. And now I understand why you thought Kate was just okay. Because this sounds worse than Kate to oh, you guys. Oh, man. I would watch Kate every day over oh, this. Maybe but, uh, if I saw Card Counter, I would have thought Kate was okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's I don't know. It. Uh, I, I hope you like it. I always wish for the best. I, I really hope you find something in it that we didn't and and let me know. But... Um, because I, I hate the feeling that I would give perspective to someone that would change their ability to enjoy something. If you have the ability to right. enjoy it, enjoy it. I, that, that makes me happy. Um, I, yeah, but, uh, I but I did with, not with, with our job. I always say, if I hated a movie and someone's like, I liked it. I'm like, well, good. I'm glad Excellent. you liked it. Yeah. But this is what, well, you know, I always say, don't judge a movie by its trailer, but that was already like my my thought. Mm, so sorry I'm to probably, confirm if, some of that if, stuff. What I saw in the trailer, I think I might lean with you yeah. guys. I, I, I will watch it still because I. I will also we, say. Probably a DVD. I had two couples in my screening walk out about halfway through. Oh wow! They were so bored. I, they just I, that's yeah. my that's my interpretation. But I just it was just like there's nothing going on here. There's nothing holding my interest, and they just left. How long is it? Yeah. About two, it, two. I mean, it plus it felt over two hours, but I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it was ninety minutes. And it just felt that way. It <laughs> is hour fifty. Yeah, so close to two. Yeah, yeah. about the hour mark. Uh, one of them left, and the other left about a little after that, uh, if I'm guessing and correctly. But um, what was the point, Aaron? And we're this is kind of getting into specifics, but what what was the point of the? It wasn't walleye vision. It was like. Like looking at 3D, you know, have, have you ever watched like a 3D movie okay. without the, so, the glasses and you and it's like split down the middle, you know, yeah. like it, there's we, we several are tr- shots in this movie, but okay, go ahead, Aaron. The, we are, we are trending towards Sif spoil here, but I really don't uh, want to talk about this no, movie more. So mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go ahead and say some of this stuff, but it's, it's very s- slight visual spoiler kind of stuff. But yes, there's some Abu Ghraib stuff. 
that because this movie is, I think, at the end of the day, is about redeeming for the way uh, this soldier treated people um, during, you know, post nine eleven and the interrogation. This is a terrorism. Movie. This is a movie about mistreatment. Yeah, this is- not sound like what this is. <laughs> what well, is that's what I'm saying. The movie is so confused. The trailer. If you watch the trailer, you would have no idea what this movie is about. Uh, you know what? I take clearly. that back. Watching this movie, you would have no idea what this movie is about. You know? <laughs> that's the whole point. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, it's like so he, during he the was a guard at, at like Guantanamo and Abu Ghraib and stuff, like like torturing POWs. So he's trying to stuff. redeem for his <sighs> torturing of um, these prisoners of war. Um, so anyway. During those scenes, he chooses a lens that is so wide that it starts to warp the edges, like top, bottom, and the side edges in a way that is like a funhouse mirror. Um, And this is obviously an intentional decision, I think, to show that his memory is, you know, in this time, he's having a memory about this time that is just so messed up in his life that he's like warping it or whatever. But unfortunately for the movie, there is some unintended comedy here. When the characters stand, you know, in the center of the frame, they look like they have tiny short legs and then, you know, huge torsos. And it looks like a funhouse mirror. It's Willem Dafoe (laughs) and Oscar Isaac having serious conversations looking like they're in a funhouse mirror. Like it's it it is so like I, I heard the couple to my right who didn't walk out. I heard them giggling through this interrogation terrorism scene that is supposed to be doing dramatic work and they're giggling because of how silly the characters look on screen. Like it's just, it's, it's poor choices, um, you know, throughout and man, I just, I, I was after first reformed, I was like Schrader's one to watch both because Mm -hmm. he, he tells out their stories in interesting ways and he has a knack for telling morality stories in a nuanced way and this is the opposite of that and it was so frustrating to go oh maybe he just got lucky with first reformed in his later career but i don't know well it's like i said whenever i watched first reform i think the movie is okay but ethan hawk is so good he is, he's he brilliant is in that what movie. Elevates, yeah. he is what elevates that entire movie for me now i understand what aaron is saying like he likes the story and the moral conundrums that Ethan Hawke goes through in that movie. And that is only elevated by his performance. But I don't think the movie itself is all that interesting without Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And I think that it is, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but for me, like watching this movie now, this is what solidifies. I'm like, Oh, okay. So without a good performance carrying the movie, then Schrader's movies just are not that great. So and Oscar Isaac, I think Oscar Isaac's a great actor. I think like uh, one of his standout performances for me is Inside Lewin Davis, which uh, I think is a really underrated movie that people need to go back to. But but here, I just I think everybody is handcuffed here. I don't know what he's doing here. He, they're handcuffed by the story, the material, the you know the understanding of of what's going on. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be rounders. I wasn't expecting rounders. I wasn't expecting somebody who like really gets poker and it's a real true poker movie, but I wanted the poker to play a role. Like the whole point is he's a poker, like he's choosing to go play yeah. poker at tournaments, but it's not the whole point. And, but you, you sure are making it. I don't know. It was just, the movie was so confused. <laughs> I think we're repeating ourselves now, but 
Yeah, it's it's always interesting whenever because I don't watch or look at reviews and stuff until after we've done the show. Mm -hmm. So yeah. hearing that this was a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes That's is high. shocking. Mm -hmm. I expected it to be around maybe thirty, maybe twenty five ish, somewhere around there. Oh, it did drop a little. It's eighty six now, but okay. still, oh, yeah, still that's insane. And certified fresh, right? Like it, I, when I saw it, it had the certified yes. fresh rating. So, but. 34% audience score. So there you go. That's what I'm there. saying. I think this is one of those disconnects where we as critics sometime, and I'm guilty of it as well, will watch a mm -hmm. movie, fixate on things we're impressed by, which yeah. I don't know what that is here, by the way, but that's okay. <laughs> I get that it can happen. And we forget to experience a movie in the way an audience experiences a movie. And I just don't think this is a good movie experience for most people especially if you know anything about poker because you will just be rolling your eyes at some of the stuff that's going on here so it's I'll say just, one it's good thing about it's a movie. boring movie it is a boring yeah. movie experience there's Very nothing good. to connect to uh in this movie so yeah i'll say if there's one thing or one scene in this movie that i can lean on and say you know what that was actually really good for both performances there's a scene where ty sheridan and uh or make why am i uh Oscar Isaac? Why Oscar Isaac, thank you. I don't know why I brain farted right that there. Happens. I've been saying his name like 15 times. But uh, there's a scene where Ty Sheridan and Oscar Isaac are in his motel room. And uh, it's a really intense scene. Yes. And I would go, you know what? That would be the scene I would you know, put my hat on and go, you know what? That was actually the intensity because up until that point, I think it's one of those movies where everybody wants to give a melancholy, monotonic performance because they don't know what their character is supposed to be or what the intention of the movie is mm -hmm. supposed to be. So they, they hope that, that that subtlety in their performance and not really showing any kind of emotion will carry the movie until it's supposed to say what it's supposed to say. Yeah. But this is one of those movies where it doesn't say it. No, I'm glad you brought that I up. Because I don't know. I'm glad you brought that up, Andrew, because that is a a scene. There's a there's a speck of promise in that scene for a different movie that I might have enjoyed. Um, yeah. Uh, but the... That scene should have happened like 45 to 50 minutes earlier. I mean, it's not going to save anything in this movie, but but you're not wrong. I uh, For me, I I wish the movie Probably had taken other people in the seats. I wish the movie had taken that scene as seriously as I wanted to. Like the, the movie didn't yeah. take that scene seriously. I mean, it's there for five to 10 minutes and you think it's the, you know, the most important moment of the movie. And the movie's like, nah. I'm just like, okay, whatever movie you do, you, yeah. I, you know, that's anyhow, I hope you love it, Susan. I hope you love it. I think I will, <laughs> but this is, like I said, it's very interesting to hear y'all's take on it because mm. not what I expected going into this. That's, that's uh, crazy. Andrew, I was hoping no you idea. could tell me what I missed, um, but we are on the exact same page. Uh, so no, I, yeah. Well, if you have seen I, it, I hated it. I hated it. All right, <laughs> glad go. to have helped. One, glad to have helped. <laughs> one scene, one scene can't redeem it from getting out of hate. Uh, if you enjoyed the card counter, please let us know uh, why. Not not why? In, <laughs> not, please not, let us know why. Not in a, in a silly demeaning way, but but seriously, I would like to hear the other side of this. Um, I will probably go read through some of those many positive reviews and see if I can identify with what they're finding. Um, but I haven't done that yet. But I, I would, I would love to know because we obviously are in the critical minority. But it does appear in the audience majority uh, on this one. Um, 
this just kind of seems one of one of those deep divides between critics and audiences that that happen on on some movies. Um, and a reminder to me as a uh, a movie critic to see movies through the audience's eyes the best that I can, uh, despite my own uh, inclinations sometimes. So yeah, uh, there you go. That's the card counter. Um, Big recommend for me. Definitely want to go see yeah. this one. Definitely worth your hard-earned money. Yeah. <laughs> I've, already bought my, I've already bought my second viewing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Heading there again tonight. Uh, yeah. Just to to sit through uh, this this movie. Uh, no, that uh. is not that is not true. I do not recommend checking this out. Uh, no need. Oh. No need. Yeah. I, I literally can't think of the person other than like a huge Paul Schrader fan that just digs his style. That's the only person I can think. I'd be like, okay, well, go check it out. Other than that. You can miss it, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, before we move on to the best ever challenge, uh, just want to thank our Sip Pop members for hanging yeah. out with us and supporting what goes on here at the podcast as well as at the website. We are still uh, doing weekly reviews and uh, best ever challenge articles at SifPop.com. You should check that out. Um, and there's lots of little fun perks if you are a Sif Pop member. So go check out Patreon.com slash SiftPop. One of those perks uh, at a certain level is a weekly bonus podcast. This week we all told our gambling stories uh, and just kind of different uh, times when we have gambled and what happened. So, and I will just say Andrew's story was the best story. Um, so you're definitely <laughs> going to want to check that one out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sift Pop. We appreciate you uh, as a Sift Pop member. Uh, if you've never checked it out, uh, thanks for even just going and looking. That's at patreon.com slash sifpop. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, the best ever challenge, best ever movies featuring gambling. Um, let's do this. We'll go number five to number one, yeah. as always. If you have something ranked higher, you can trump it, and uh, we'll wait to talk about it till its highest <laughs> ranking. Um We'll start at number five. Andrew, what do you got for your number five best ever movie featuring gambling? I'm going to go with a Martin Campbell movie. It's a little known movie called Casino Royale. Yeah. Um, if you movie. haven't heard of this, it's uh, about this character named James Bond. <laughs> and 
No, I, 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 this was, you know, the beginning of the Daniel Craig era. And it's, it was such an amazing introduction to this new style of Bond. Because mm -hmm. coming off of Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore before him, uh, James Bond was always the debonair, uh, smooth talking action hero that never got hurt. He was always crisp and clean at the end of every single one of those movies. Mm -hmm. He could have been in like 15 different explosions, but that tuxedo didn't have a scuff on it. You know, this one, Daniel Craig gets the crap beat out of him. It's a much more grounded, realistic, you know, it's, it's, you find out it's a lot more entertaining when you find out that your, that your main, uh, uh, hero is mortal and that they can be hurt because the sense of danger and dread is elevated you know uh, that's why i don't like superman because he can't get hurt um but i think that in this one you know daniel craig not only he not only is he physically getting harmed constantly mentally he's going through a lot of stuff in this movie too and it's really interesting to see a vulnerable and uh intimidated in some moments james bond uh Going specifically for the gambling, I think this is like some of the most fun gambling to watch out of any uh, movie on my list, just because the stakes beyond the poker event are so high that that the that the actual gambling itself just elevates that to a new level. I think that Mads Mikkelsen as Le Chiffre is such an amazing. He's like one of my favorite Bond villains. He's so good. Uh, yeah, everybody in this movie is great. Uh, Eva Green, Judy Dench. Daniel Craig. It's a great movie. I love it. Yeah, I think the Daniel Craig era of Bond was very much informed by the Bourne movies. Um, you know, very much. You, you had uh, the Bourne movies started in like 2002, I think. And, you know, by 2006, when this came out, they were like, oh, okay, what if it was a little more, you know, impactful in that way and a little less shiny? And you can almost feel it, you know, trying to be James Bourne you know, in some of these scenes. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I think it, it found its own groove as well as kind of the new Bond and the new style. Um, it's not my favorite new Bond, but it's it's not my least favorite either. So um, No, uh, Skyfall's my favorite new Bond. Me too. Oh. Me too. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Susan, what do you got at number five? Probably going to get trumped, I oh, would okay. imagine. But I, I will say a lot of these movies, it was a bit of a struggle for me to think of. Because gambling films are they're the, mm -hmm. my top two are probably the ones that I really really liked yeah. uh, the most. Yeah. But um, Casino, I actually just have this in honorable mention. I'm not a huge Casino really? fan. Yeah, I like it, but I just it's not a huge one for me. So yeah, yeah. Honestly, like and and I kind of just threw it in there. I knew it was a movie. It was so long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I remember, it's a long I was movie. Like, this movie is long. I, it was good, but that's. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Like, I thought it was good for what it was, good performances, but it, I just remember thinking it was really long, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those weird instances where you watch this movie and you're like, okay, so I saw Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And it felt so much like Goodfellas. Yeah, and I'm like, is am I watching Goodfellas too? But no, these is. I believe the, like, if I, I believe the proper choose... title is Gooder Fellas. I think Gooder. is uh, yeah, the is, Goodest Fellas yeah. is the third movie. Yeah, it's the third movie. Yeah. And I actually think I like Goodfellas more. I do too, and that's my issue with this movie is like I'm watching it. I'm like, it feels so much like Goodfellas, but mm -hmm. Goodfellas is better. Yeah. So that's why I just come away from Casino sure. just going, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're both. Scorsese movies with Pesci and De Niro and 
both of those guys are pretty much playing the exact same characters that they played in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a lack of Ray Liotta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just needed some Ray in there. Everything would be That's good. All it needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's move on to my number five. Um, got Focus is my number five. I really like wow. this movie. Um, You're the first person I've ever heard say that. Really? I didn't even think of that movie. There are some like, Focus fans. There are some Focus fans. I thought it was okay. I thought yeah. it was okay. I, uh, and I know a lot of this has to do with uh, just I'm in love with Will Smith. Like his charisma is just like sure. I could watch him in He's anything. Great. But I do love some of the cl- clever turns it makes. I love the uh, some of... You know, there, there, there's a thing that gambling movies can do where it almost gives their characters a little bit of omniscience. And this movie does that. And that can go either way for some people. But I kind of enjoy it where it's like this person is another level of observational that actually probably isn't humanly possible. But it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy And of course, we have uh, Margot Robbie in there as well doing mm-hmm. incredible work. So, um so yeah, for the performances, for the fun, I really enjoy Focus. I'd encourage uh, if you haven't seen it because you didn't hear a lot of good buzz about it, maybe check it out. You might like it. Um, yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. So that's my number five. Andrew, what is your number four? Uh, possibly Trumped. I'm going to go with Rain Man. Yeah, I'll Trump that one. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh, I should have put that in my list. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's there's a bunch of movies that are subtly about gambling that you forget because you're thinking of movies that are just pure poker. Rain Man's not gambling. about gambling. It's about toothpicks. That's what you know, oh, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been now my number would... one, to be honest. That I love yeah. that movie so much, but yeah. So good. Well, we'll mm-hmm. talk about it here in a bit. I do have it a little bit higher than number four. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Susan, what is your number four? I think mine's going to get Trump now. Rounders. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Trump that one as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. So, all right. I guess that means it's my number four. Um, I love this movie, and this movie continues to climb up my best of all time list. Uh, Bad Times at the El Royale um, is an absolutely incredible movie. And it, it is, this may be my stretchiest movie in the category, but honestly, mm-hmm. the themes of this movie are so much about chance and gambling and roulette wheels and coin flips and you know it takes place at half of a casino i like i feel confident putting it in this category and then just you know explaining again my love for this incredible film uh drew goddard is is doing some some of the most intricate and beautiful visual thematic work in this movie that i've ever seen um it is obvious that every frame is a choice to tell a story. And I just, I, I love what's going on here. This movie introduced me to Cynthia Rivo, uh, who is just astonishing. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of great, great stuff. Great performances yeah. going on here. Uh, good stuff. So yeah, bad times at the El Royale is my mm-hmm. number four. It's good stuff. I, I like the movie. I didn't even think about it as a, a gambling movie, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Like I said, it's a little stretchy, but, uh, but I think it works. Uh, Andrew, what do you no, got at uh, number three? So I accidentally skipped my uh, my number four, and I put Rain Man in my number four when it should have been my number three. Oh, okay. But my but uh, this movie's going to get trumped by you anyway. Just Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. Yes. Oh, Trump. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely yeah. trumping that one too. So yeah. Uh, what about you, Susan? What is your number three? I said Molly's Game. Yeah, no, I like that. Nice. 
Yeah. 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 Um, and that was another one of those kind of tough, but I, I thinking back, I did really enjoy the story because I know it's based on a true story. And I, I think the thing that fascinated me the most was, uh, Michael Sarah's character is supposed to be based on Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. if I'm correct, right? Yeah, I think that is that is what people assume, yes. The general consensus, yeah. Right. Wow. What a jerk. <laughs> um, I, and I, because it, it really did shake my my thought of him. I still, you know, I like... People I can change. Like people can change. We can give, give him a little bit of, a, you know, chance, but yeah. Um, but mostly, I am a huge fan of Jessica Chastain. I think she is an incredible actress who should have already won an Oscar by now, if you ask me. Um, and she is a powerhouse in this film. Mm-hmm. And she's, yeah, I just, that, that's really what made me pick this is just her performance is incredible. And it's an interesting story. Yeah, people kind yeah. of see it as uh, Lesser Sorkin, but, uh, you know, I, man, he's he's so smart and so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I enjoy a lot about this movie. I think it's a yeah. little it's a little wieldy at times. It tries to do a little too much at times, but um, but I really dig it. I really dig it yeah. quite a bit. So and the poker is good. There, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it was pretty good poker. Yeah, there are only a few actors that I can think of that can pull off what Jessica Chastain does in this movie, and it's a character. Whenever you see them walk into a room, they are the ones that command presence and attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I whenever the big one that comes to my mind for this is Sean Connery and uh, Hunt for Red October. Whenever he is the one talking, everybody's listening. In this movie, whenever Jessica Chastain walks in, everybody turns their head and looks at her. Not not just because she's gorgeous, but because yeah. she just has that presence about mm-hmm. her that's like, ooh, she is the head honcho. She, yeah. What she says goes in this room. Mm-hmm. And that's really what's fascinating about this movie. Yeah. I there's, love it. There's a power it's a really good call. there. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a good call. It was definitely in my honorable mentions. Um, yeah. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Uh, so that's my number three. Then uh, this yeah. is this is where I had Rain Man, which is where it would have landed okay. for you as well, Andrew, if you had um, yeah uh, done that. So and and we'd probably being trumped by Susan if she had thought of it. If uh, I had thought about it, I think it would have been <laughs> yeah. it would have been one or two. I don't know which place now. Maybe how, it would have been number two. How great is sure. this movie? Like so it's I, it's insane. It, it's really really good, and you know there's there is a an uncomfortability in in modern movie making that I completely understand as we deal with disabled performances and you know those kind of things. But I think there is a sensitive and positive way to do it, and I think Hoffman is doing that here. Mm-hmm. I think Tom Cruise is doing something we don't really see him do much anymore, which is kind of just a straightforward you know, performance and he's so good. And he may be, he may have should have gotten more acting attention for his performance in this movie than Hoffman even did. Um, he's I'll just push back on that. He's, he's incredible in this. I um, just think that people hate on Tom Cruise though. Like, yeah. I think he's such a talented yeah. actor. I'm I'll, a big fan I'll of Tom Cruise that. and he's, they, they do not give him enough credit in general. Mm-hmm. Like there's, yeah. this is one of his best performances. Hands down. I actually still, I, I probably agree with Andrew. I think Hoffman is, Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah. I Listen, I'm just trying to get the clicks. I'm just I'm just trying to get the clicks. I'm just trying to throw a hot take <laughs> out there and <laughs> you're getting them. There you go. No, yeah. um the whole uh I I totally agree that I think that Tom Cruise's performance and his character in this movie mm-hmm. are underappreciated because being as unlikable as his character is in the beginning where he's like, oh, you just found out you have a, a brother who is mentally stable, but you find out he has savantism. 
how can I exploit that mm -hmm. is like mm -hmm. something that goes, Oh, that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. But you just like, and you, and you think to yourself, how can somebody come back from such a, a horrible like mentality? But by the end of this movie, these two together, you just love so much. So great writing, great performances, great movie. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Uh, that's rain man. My number three. So on to our number twos, I believe. Yep. Uh, what do you have at number two, Andrew? I'm going to go with Snatch. Yeah, I knew you'd have this pretty high. Yeah. Oh, God, I love this movie. I'll say this just in case. It, it might be on somebody else's list, but Lockstock was like my number six. So it was really close. I, I actually wondered which of these, if it was, if Snatch or Lockstock would be in your top five. I, you know, um, I assumed yeah. it would be Snatch, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, whenever it comes to those two, like the, these are like some of my favorite Guy Ritchie films. But Snatch, I think that it just has the perfect, you know, charcuterie board of characters. You know, you got <laughs> nice weird, weird Brad Pitt uh, playing this gypsy boxer, uh, and then of course, you know, just everybody else in this movie is just perfect. Jason Statham is hilarious in this movie. Um, uh, Vinnie Jones. Uh, there's so many amazing performances and characters and memorable moments that for as insanely British as this movie is like unabashedly unapologetically British, this movie is it's still not as bad as Lockstock. You can still understand what's going on. Your first go around with snatch. You might have to watch Lockstock a couple of times to fully even just understand not only the thick accents, but actually, you know, the, dialect and stuff like that like the words that they use for an american audience can be a little bit tricky yeah there's no way there's no way i'm watching this movie without subtitles without subtitles yeah, yeah. not especially a with brad pitt yeah, especially with brad pitt. Subtitles, yeah for sure. totally yeah. yeah but i think that snatch from beginning to end is a much more cohesive and entertaining movie yet i love them both uh all right what's your number two susan um i picked the hangover Mm -hmm. Good choice. Good uh, choice. Nice. In my honorable yeah, mentions. That was one that I remember when I went into the movie theater to watch, I had the lowest of expectations because I thought this was going to be such a bad movie. Uh, I hate this, the second and third. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. As you should. They don't As you should. Aaron's <laughs> um, like, good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah, well done. But well the done. first one is so good. There's like an originality to it that you didn't expect. And it's hilarious. It's just so funny. And uh, normally I don't really like those. You go on a journey and everything mm -hmm. goes wrong until yeah. it finally goes right at the end. I usually, I think that formula is probably one of the most lazy formulas in, in my opinion. Um, but it, well, it, it, it can be if you don't make it original. This right. one, I think it, it, it had a lot of stuff in between it that made it original and so yeah. many great uh, one-liners. Although I will say it makes me cringe thinking of a word that was a quote that Zach Galifianakis mm -hmm. sure. said that I don't even want to say it uh, at the time in college, we said it all the time. Cause it was like, you could, but now I don't think they would say that word anymore. Yeah, no, it's, it's again, it's another one of those examples of how comedy changes. And, you know, I think it's totally fine for culture and society to mature and understand how mm -hmm. certain words, uh, you know, are hurtful just, you know, yeah. by being said because of how they've been used uh, against mm -hmm. people. Um, and so, yeah, so you go back and watch something and yeah, there's that cringe factor that not age, you know, not aging well, uh, factor. And 
Comedy is going to be where you see it the most, I think, because comedy is where you push those lines and you push those yeah. boundaries and you say shocking things. You know, characters say shocking things to be funny because part there is shock comedy is a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, no, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. But all uh, in all, good story and funny movie. <laughs> I For me, I, I still, I haven't watched The Hangover in a while. And a lot of mm-hmm. it has to do with the fact that the sequels are so terrible that I think they've impacted my ability to enjoy the original. And so I don't want to watch it. Also, for some of the reasons mm-hmm. you mentioned about it not aging well and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I haven't gone back and revisited it. But I do know when I watched it, I was even then I wasn't. Even before the sequels, I wasn't like, gung-ho, this movie's amazing. It was more of like, eh, these guys are funny uh, for me. But uh, I did have it in my honorable mentions as one uh, worth okay. mentioning. Now, I think that, you know, there's a there's comedies that come along like once every like five years that I think will define like for a, a period of time, like this was the comedy of that either that, that decade or something like that. And I think The Hangover is definitely the one that I would come back to and say for its time, the hangover was the king. And then like, I would say step brothers uh, from modern times. I might even say game night is probably the comedy that I would say is like the one that defines it's not as beloved as these, but I still think it's the best. I, uh, game yeah, night, I think game night is in my conversation for best comedies ever. Uh, I think that movie yeah. is astonishing. I, I, I think so. it's a great movie. Yeah. So. I don't know if yeah. enough people have watched that one yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Uh, all right. We're on number twos, right? We're my number two now, and then then we'll go to our number ones. Uh, this is where I had rounders, uh, at number two. Um, so, and and who, who, Susan, you had that somewhere as well? You had that at like, it was my number four. Number four. Yeah. Um, Man, I love the poker in this movie. I love the the people in this movie. I love how uh, it's over the top. Brian Koppelman has this real interesting writing energy that he finds for his characters. I see it in Billions uh, as well, which is what he's writing right now, the TV show Billions, um, where he he builds these bigger-than-life characters, but you still somehow just buy into them. And um, I think Edward Norton's doing a lot of that here. Um Obviously, John Malkovich is doing that here, you know, larger than life kind of stuff. Pay that man his money. Uh, you know, you've just got this man his money. You've just got all this over the top <laughs> accents. Um, yeah, I, I really dig Rounders. Uh, it's not a perfect movie. There are definitely things I think I would uh, take out of it, change a little bit, uh, tighten it up. But um, but man, I love the plot. I, this is how you do a gambling movie. This is how you. This is how you tell a story about a world that people may not know and you invite them in. Because when I saw this for the first time, I did not love poker. I had never really played Texas Hold'em. I didn't even know what it was when I saw this movie. And uh, because this predated the Chris Moneymaker effect, right? This predated, which for those of you who don't know, Chris Moneymaker was kind of an everyday guy that won the World Series of Poker and just created this huge poker boom yeah. as people were like, oh, I can just pick up this game and win millions of dollars? And Well, no, it's not that easy. But um, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, this predated this that by a little bit. And so this movie was kind of there for all these new poker fans uh, to enjoy. But it brings you into that world in a way that educates you, but then also uses it for the story in such interesting and great ways. Um, so yeah, rounders, rounders is, is always going to be one of those movies for me that I know it's not perfect, but man, do I love watching it? Um, it's good stuff. I think it does poker better than any movie ever. Yeah. I, like I if think we're talking right. straight up, 
I think we're t- if we're talking like what movie does gambling specifically poker the best, mm-hmm. it's probably Rounders. I think I agree. And I with think that. that's I think that's pretty widely agreed upon too. I think Molly's um, game, Molly's game gives it a run for its money. Molly's game is really great about the poker stuff, but yeah, but yeah, that's true. Um, it's also interesting to when you really dig into it how much uh, of Rounders is based on real people. Yeah. Like uh, in that scene, like a KGB, like, yeah. yeah, the whole that whole underground scene. Apparently, David Harbor, who is from Stranger Things and stuff, apparently he was in that group of people. Like he knew KGB and all those people and stuff. Like he played yeah. poker with him on the regular when he was in New York. So yeah, yeah. it's a uh, it's interesting once you dive into the real like the story surrounding that movie. So there you go. That's my number two rounder. So time for our number ones. Uh, some yep. of which are already known. Uh, but Andrew, I don't yep. know that we've, have we heard your number one yet? I don't think we have. What yeah, do you got? We have not. I'm going with lucky number 11. Oh, uh, okay. All right. There you yeah. go. You know me. This I do is know one you. of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> I mean, it has an amazing cast. Sir Ben Kingsley, Morgan Freeman, Bruce Willis, Lucy Liu, Josh Hartnett, Stanley Tucci. This movie has everybody you could think of is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you say you say Sir Ben Kingsley, but all I see is Trevor. I, is Trevor's in this oh, movie, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's acting like he's uh-huh. Sir Ben Kingsley. Right, yes. He's acting. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor is the real actor. That's what I've decided. Trevor is the real actor, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love this movie, and uh, the tie-in for gambling is uh, betting on horse races. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, when I first saw this movie, uh, I don't know if Susan, if you've seen this movie yet. Aaron, yes. you said you barely remember this. Movie. I barely remember seeing this movie. Yeah, seen this. Yeah. Uh, I well, I'm gonna. It. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you both watch it, and Aaron, you revisit it because it's one of those movies. Like, as the movie's unfolding, you begin to care more about these characters than a lot of movies I really can think of. Like my my desire for Josh Hartnett and Lucy Liu to be safe and okay by the end of this movie is so high compared to like a lot of movies. Like the chemistry between those two is like, oh God, please, nothing bad happens to them. I love them so much. Uh, yeah, everybody's great in this. Everybody. And seeing Morgan Freeman play a villain was interesting because he's pretty sinister in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, lucky number yeah. 11. Uh, sounds like Susan, we have the same number one. Um, Does seem like it. So I don't know how that. Where I mean, I'm gonna get trumped, but but yeah. <laughs> go for it. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, that's the uh, one. That's the one. Yeah, I think I and I think I, I still for what the purpose is. I think I would still pick Ocean's Eleven over Rain Man. I probably would have said Rain Man number two, but I I mean for me, Ocean's Eleven is one of my favorite uh, movie theater experiences mm-hmm. that I've ever had because I'd never watched a gambling film like that, that at the time, I mean, I couldn't tell you now, but at the time I was just like, I felt like I understood what was happening with all mm-hmm. the gambling. And it's like, there were so many uh, twists and turns and especially the ending, my jaw was like dropped to the floor. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, and of course, if you want to talk, a, I can't ever really say that word correctly. Charcuterie board of <laughs> actors right there. I, I like that. That's really good. But I, what a cast in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Now, charcuterie is is usually cheeses or it's meats and cheeses? It, it, meats cheese, and cheeses. Meats, and, 
because 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 that's a great if 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 it's usually cheeses a smorgasbord how's that is that better no i was just thinking it's a great one to use like if if there's a lot of people like a really cheesy movie or something you could say like a you know charcuterie board of performances but i think it is meats and cheeses as well so yeah um, but Yeah. yeah no you're not wrong uh what a cast uh the cast is great the chemistry is great everybody's having fun together you can tell but like you said, more than anything, this is number one for me for the story structure, the plotting, the way we get there, the expert way that Soderbergh knows how to give you the the outline without the pieces so that he can spring the pieces on you at the end um, is is just I think it's I think it's the best here. I think it's the best yeah. he's ever uh, done here um, with this kind of oh, thing. easy, easy, um, yeah. because you do you get to the heist and you're like. I kind of know their plan overall, but the details you're missing are so fun to realize in the moments that they're happening. Um, it's just, it's brilliant. It's just like endorphin kick after endorphin kick after endorphin kick. Um, and, you know, and it, it takes really you well. on a ride the whole yeah. time. It literally feels like a ride. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I very, very fond of this movie. Love Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. I actually think that, not to contradict you, Aaron, but I think that... Uh, Soderbergh does such a good job of technically giving you all the pieces to the puzzle as as to how the heist is going to unfold, but he does it in a way to where you don't realize like what you're being shown or what's in the background or any of that stuff is actually just as vitally important to like, if you're not focused, you could technically know how the heist should unfold by like all the stuff you're seeing before it actually takes place. And it's only after you see how the heist comes, comes to fruition that you're like, Oh, so that thing in the back, that was, yeah, I, I should have known. And it's, it's one of those movies that demand or not demands, but uh, really uh, rewards, I guess is a better way to say it rewards people who are hyper-focused and paying attention to stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I saw how that one was going to go. I think which was nobody in this one. <laughs> I think I think we're pretty much saying the same thing. You know, there's this there's this yeah. expert technique that he does where he presents it to you but but kind of shades it or hides it from you in a way that you get to really truly experience it as it's as it's happening. Yeah. Um and there are some reveals that are more hidden than others. Um but for the most part, you're not wrong. You know, there there's a way you know, uh, to watch this a second time and go, Oh, I didn't see that the first time I watched it. It's, you know, so, um, so yeah, I think all that stuff is, is brilliant. Have you seen the original one with the rat pack? I actually haven't. I've never gone back and watched it. No, you don't have to. Uh, (laughs) It's not, it's not good. Uh, It's one of those rare, like I will say, I don't know if it's because I saw, this modern era, the Soderbergh version before I saw the old one, but it just seemed like this new one was so clever and like well thought out. And yeah, the Rat Pack's going to have good chemistry, you know, Mm -hmm. but they were, it's, I hate to say it's, it's one of those things. They were singers. They're not actors. Mm -hmm. So the, the whole chemistry, you know, thing doesn't quite work as well as it does in the modern one. So yeah, it's good. But if you're comparing it to this new one, it's 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 no competition. The modern version, I say modern. When did it come out? 2001. Yeah, 2001 uh, is leagues ahead of the 60s version. Nice. 
Well, there you go. There's our best ever gambling movies. Honorable mentions. Um, I have a couple. Susan, did you have any honorable mentions? Uh, I mean, I'll just say Rain Man because I forgot it. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Andrew, did you have any? Just one that we haven't mentioned. I'll go with Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah. It's good that somebody mentioned that. I didn't really enjoy that movie. Um, I hated I love that, that movie. movie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we got a whole spectrum here. Me loving it. Aaron thinks it's okay, and Susan hates it. It's I like would say one I'm of the most more restful experiences in my life. I don't remember what I went with when we reviewed that. We may actually have missed a full review on that movie. I don't remember. But, no, we um, did. It was one of those weeks where. Uh, yeah, you know, all the was, award stuff is coming out, and we're the, we're doing yeah. two movies a week, but. Um, but yeah, I would probably be firmly in the didn't liked it camp, um, but not hated it. I, I understand what there is to appreciate about that movie. It just doesn't work for me. Um, so uh, so yeah. Anyhow, uh, I would also mention uh, Ocean's 8 is better than I think people give it credit for. I understand I all the complaints with it, but uh, there are certainly some enjoyable things there. Uh, the movie 21 is actually pretty good. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, I enjoyed I, it's that been one. so long. I saw it when it came out in theaters and I haven't seen it since. I think it's all right. And then uh, a, a couple I wanted to mention because they are related. Uh, California split is a seventies movie that is really kind the, of, what's his name? Sure. Uh, go ahead. You can, you, you can get there. Uh, <laughs> nope. I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, California Split is um, a movie about gambling in all in like really deep and interesting ways. It's Elliot Gould and George Seagal. Elliot uh, Gah. Okay. <laughs> yes, Elliot Gah. Uh, Eli- Elliot Gould and Elliot Gah. <laughs> George yeah. Seagal. And, and, and George Sa. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Elliot Gah and George Sa. Um, so this is a movie uh, about gambling and kind of what it does to you and two friends as they experience a journey a journey of going through. Uh, gambling. I would I would recommend this one. It's it's really interesting. It's definitely a seventies movie uh, in many many ways. I think it was uh, seventy four uh, when it came out. But then I would also mention Mississippi Grind. Uh, if you haven't seen Mississippi Grind, it is basically California Split. It's basically a remake of California Split with Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn uh, as the as the key roles. Um, and maybe one of Ryan Reynolds' best like actor performances. Um, so if you haven't had a chance uh, to check out Mississippi Grind, you definitely uh, should check that out. Plus, I love Ben Mendelsohn. I think he's he's yeah. pretty incredible too. So, color so, yeah. of money. Yeah, you know we didn't mention some of those. And honestly, yeah. those movies fall firmly in the category of maybe I've seen, but it's been so long. Like they're oh, they're yeah. on my catch up list. Like I'm getting to those. Uh, you know, movies like um. Uh, the Hustler, uh, I think, is one of them. Yeah, color I haven't of seen money. The Hustler, but I've seen uh, The Color of Money. So, so yeah. I, I guess I've, I'm going to watch them out of order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to our buried treasure for this week. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? Uh, Susan, you are our guest, so you will go last. Um, I'll go ahead and kick us off. Uh, we are recording this on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Uh, so it was 20 years ago today that the two towers were hit. And I watched yeah. the six episode docu-series on Hulu uh, called 9-11 One Day in America. And mm-hmm. boy, oh boy, is this amazing. Um, this is, It's hard to watch. Of course, it's going to be hard mm-hmm. to watch knowing what happened that day and all of the stories. It's also so inspiring to watch. It really does take that day from you know the morning. It starts at like 6 a.m. that morning in New York City. And shows actual footage 
throughout the day and kind of forms it into a storytelling documentary about different stories of people who were in the buildings, first responders, uh, all those kind of things. And what is most amazing about this documentary to me is you feel like if you lived through that, um, you know, 20 years ago, uh, for me, I was out of college, uh, for a few years. I was, you know, definitely sprinting into my adult years. Um, and so I have huge recollections of this. And yet I watch this and I'm like, I have never seen 90% of this footage. Nine, like it's just, it, it, it presents it in a way from the, I think they worked in, it was National Geographic, uh, worked in coordination with the 9-11 Museum. And they have so much material that they can use um, that they are really telling coherent and cohesive stories from that day with actual footage and interviews from the people that were there. Um, this is a huge recommend for me just to understand that day, how it unfolded and what it, what it meant in the consciousness of this country um, is really valuable to understand so much as of what has happened since then, you know, kind of how, um, you know, this day has been used in many different ways um, for good and for ill. Uh, but this, this is not the documentary that's talking about that. This is the documentary that's telling you what happened on that day. And I think, Everyone will find this insightful, beautiful, terrifying, traumatic, all those things. Um, but it is it is worth your time. I'm telling you these six episodes are worth your time to fire up on Hulu and live through that that day and kind of what it meant. Um, because I really do think the inspiring outweighs the traumatic um, in, in many ways, at least as it's presented here. So uh, anyhow, 9-11, One Day in America is on Hulu if you want to check that out. Um, Andrew, what about you? What do you got? Uh, I knocked a movie off of my uh, my little uh, list, of uh, shame. list of shame. Yeah. Only the War Games. Oh, okay. Matthew Broderick movie. Now, talk a little I, bit, because you, you told me a little bit about what you're doing with our, our buried treasure. I really like this. You're kind of, you're starting. Yeah, I don't know if, let this, me check. You're starting. Uh, I was going to start next week. Okay, so so yes, War Games came out in '83, so okay. it was three years from being born. All right, born. but starting next yeah, so. week, uh, Andrew is going to, for his buried treasure, knock off yeah. a list of shame movie from each year of his life. So he'll start with oh. the year he was born, and then kind of go through That's each cool. year. So that that'll be fun. I'm six enjoy- all the way up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was just one just to get me, you know, a little. Uh, taste mm-hmm. off of the cheese on the charcuterie board as it were <laughs> um but uh no i hadn't i i'd known all of the uh you know the pop cultural references that this movie makes you know shall mm-hmm. we play a game the whopper mm-hmm. uh tac uh, toe stuff like that like i knew all of those things but having a full understanding of what this movie is saying and what this movie was saying at the time is incredible this movie, I don't know when the last time you saw it, Aaron. It's been was, a while. It's been it's probably yeah. been since the early nineties uh, since I've yeah. revisited this. I don't know if you remember how this movie starts with the two guys in the uh, in the nuclear bunker, and they have to follow the protocol, you know, mm-hmm. to you know arm the nuke, and uh, and one of them has to point a gun at the other one, saying, "You have to follow orders. You have to follow orders." And I'm like, "This is how this movie's starting. This is not, this is not the movie that I expected. I expected it to be Matthew Broderick accidentally hacks into a computer, and it's a sentient computer that you know wants to, mm-hmm. you know, play games of war. What I got was something completely different, which had much larger ramifications. 
and then it all culminates in the whole in the uh it's an interesting game the only way to win is to not play at all mm -hmm. and this movie says so much more than i ever expected it to i am pleasantly surprised with how great this movie was and i am so glad that i watched it plus Good. ali sheedy is everybody's got to love ali sheedy yeah so. i do i do love her <laughs> yep if you don't have a crush on ali sheedy i don't know what's wrong with you but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So, yep, there we go. Yeah, war games. Um, I remember my memory is that this movie is often silly, like with its understanding of AI and different things. Like, like there's some silliness to yeah. this, but at the end of the day, it is saying something big and important, and you know, finds an interesting and compelling way to do it. So, um, I should revisit war games. I really should, um, because it has been a long time yeah. since I've seen it, for sure. Uh, that brings us to you, Susan. What is your buried treasure? Well, I don't know if you guys have already watched this series. And I mean, it does pretty well on Netflix. But one of my favorite shows on Netflix is uh, Mindy Kaling's Never Have I Ever. Um, I've never watched it. No. Oh, my God. It's so good. And I, I love like, Mindy Kaling, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She uh, she wrote in it. I don't know how much it's based on her um, own kind of childhood or the character the the main character is supposed to be somewhat based on Mindy Kaling and like her personality and how she uh was during high school but Mindy Kaling has expressed before that she's a big rom-com fan that's my favorite genre of film uh and this is like one long romantic comedy in a way like set in high school um seasons one and two are out on Netflix I think they are both incredible I also just in general it's for me personally, it's really nice to see a woman of color be the lead and kind of go through the same things mm -hmm. that I thought when I was growing up in high school and I didn't have women that look like me to see them on mm -hmm. screen like that. I watched She's All That and then 10 Things I Hate About You and Never Been Kissed, all those movies. It was just nothing wrong with it, but it was just white women that I had to identify mm -hmm. with. And so it's really, it hits me a lot differently watching this series. Yeah. And it's one that I can rewatch. Um, it can be very cheesy at times, but deep down, it's got a lot of actually pretty good emotional depth there and great relationships, mother-daughter relationship, female empowerment, and uh, really good love stories, too. So uh, it is on Netflix? Yes. And what, season, what season are they going into? Uh, well, they just finished season two, and they just announced that there will be a season three. So I'm really excited, which they need it. Oh my God. This should, it's this story is not done yet. Like they could go, I think they could go at least four seasons. Okay. I don't know this that I even heard Netflix. of this. So this was yeah. completely yeah, completely off my radar. Now I'm not someone who I'm not like not I don't go to Netflix to surf. Like I go there yeah. to watch a specific thing and then I go away. Um so I'm yeah. not much of a surfer. So like stuff like this doesn't like show up for me until somebody uh mentions it. But um, it's, it's been like number one on Netflix a few times, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I it may not, I mean, are you guys like rom-com fans though? I am. I enjoy good rom-com. I rom -com. like them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I, I, it's again, like, I don't even know what's number one on Netflix. Like, I don't see that list. I just go, you know, if, if the movie I'm looking for isn't there, I search for the movie I'm looking for and go watch it. Like, I just... Okay. I try you not don't, to. You don't search like a, a genre. Or I try not no, to let algorithms been... run my life because <laughs> they will. You, you don't listen to when they what they recommend for you. You're like no, no, no. no I'm yeah. just like the algorithms will try to Aaron's run my life. Defiant. I am. I am defiant. 
but whenever somebody does recommend a show, I always check it out. So I just added it to my list. Well, good. I hope you like it. So, yeah, yeah me too. You're on, I'll have to let you know what I thought. Please do. Well, that is uh, Never Have I Ever on Netflix. A couple seasons there for you. War Games, uh, which I th- just looked up. You can stream on Tubi you it, you, or Canopy um, if you have those. I watched it on YouTube for free. Well, there you go. I don't know go. if you have to be a you. I don't know if you have to be a YouTube like premium member like for their like free movies and stuff like that. But that's how I watched it. Okay, so Andrew found so. it for free on YouTube. In nine eleven, one day in America is on Hulu. Six episodes. Yeah. Well, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. Uh, we set out yeah. to cast some pods, and they have been casted so expertly that we all deserve a pat on the back. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Thank you. Uh, thanks to Drew for putting together some visuals, some art for the show. Woo! And thank you to Susan Kamyab Stevens for hanging out with us again. It is always great to have you on the show. Uh, Again, tell people where they can find you in your amazing work. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, uh, thischicksflicks.com, on Twitter at thischicksflicks, and uh, ictn.tv, or like I said, you can can Google me and find me. So this chicksflicks.com, both chicks and flicks end in an X. So uh, this chicksflicks.com, if you want to check out more of Susan's stuff. Uh, Thank you to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at $3 a month, and you can find out the different levels of access, including uh, levels that have bonus episodes every week and some that have monthly video hangouts, all sorts of fun stuff going on there. You can find out more at patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or email us at feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than doing, well, anything with severe radiation poisoning. Uh, we will be back next week with The Eyes of Tammy Faye, probably, and Cry Macho are probably the two movies for next week. And uh, we will see you then. That's a Clint Eastwood, yeah. Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.